Hey everyone, greetings and salutations. How's everybody in Hockeyland doing this week? Pretty good? Yeah, I gotta tell you, I'm still dragging from the time change, but we'll, we'll, we'll live. We talked about that last week. That's kind of old news and whatnot, so. But I know, you know, hey, my body can't keep up, but my mind's certainly trying to, because this is a matter of getting more sleep, really, but uh, at any rate. Uh, what you heard there, uh, our theme for the week is the classic Hockey Night in Canada theme. Because uh, that's what we're going to be, as I say always, uh, we're going to be there. Uh, the subject of the, today's show is uh, somebody who's definitely a classic for sure. Probably the classic when it comes to the game of hockey. So uh, I'm going to really enjoy this week, and I know you will too. So uh, looking for, you know, around the world of hockey, it's really been an interesting week. I mean, it's even more interesting if you're a Sabres fan. I mean, wow. Uh, so they, I don't know how you solve that train wreck, really. I mean, they're, they're definitely trying for sure. Um, you know, firing Ralph Kruger is really only one step, if you ask me. And they took another big one by trading Eric Stahl to the Canadians. Um, but uh, you got to think that that franchise is itching for a little more success. And everybody thought there would be more success this year. And I think that's mostly, mostly the disappointment. And if you're a Sabres fan out there, I really feel for you. So, uh but hopefully things are good. Um, and then on top of that, you get a reminder of why it's uh, this week. You get a last, well, really last week, you get a reminder of why it's uh, best to watch your mouth if you have a microphone on you, even if you might not be uh, quote unquote hot because you never know when they'll turn it on. So, uh, you know, you kind of feel sorry for the guy, uh, the referee who got fired in one sense, but in another, you're like, yeah, dude, you got to watch it. Um, but still, you know, for me, I really got my eye set on the trade deadline and just still looking at all the possibilities that are out there, what could happen, what could not happen, um, who's going to stand pat, who's sellers, who's buyers, really. Um, and, you know, it, it just, with all the things that are around with the, the realities of COVID and just the flat salary cap that's about ready to happen, you, you just wonder what's going to actually happen. So um, this should be an interesting one, and I'm really ready for it to unfold. Uh, but nonetheless, it's a great time to get to the show, of course. Uh, as you know, this is From the Point, and I'm your host, Danny Lambert. I'm really glad to have you with me this week as we take another dive into a great hockey book. As always, I'm really excited about uh, every week's book, but this week's book is a great one, and I'm really happy to be covering it. I don't think there's too much disagreement out there on who the top three players of all time ever to play the game of hockey are. Uh, you know, take... You know, debate all you want, but the top three names you're usually going to come up with are Gretzky, Howe, and Orr. Sure, you can argue about into what order that should be, but I think you're crazy if you mention anyone above those three. Okay, maybe if you put Lemieux in there instead of Orr, uh, I would find that slightly acceptable. But, uh, you know, for sure Gretzky and Howe are the solid number one and twos. Uh, and you can go ahead and debate which one's one or two uh, based on a lot of different things. But when you examine the question of who the best man ever to play the game of hockey is, I think there's really no contest. It's Mr. Hockey. It's Gordie Howe. After reading his autobiography, Mr. Hockey, and watching interviews with him and about him, you can certainly start to figure out that Gordie was so much more than a great hockey player. Sure, much of his lore is about the amazing things he did with a hockey stick in his hand, but when you learn about Mr. Hockey and his life, you start to realize that it was about so much more than simply playing hockey. Gordy Howe's life was filled with so much positive energy and good deeds that his legend goes well beyond the arenas he helped fill and the fans he entertained. 
But one of the biggest impediments to learning about all those great things is that is that Gordy did what he did all of his life. He he, he was really it was really Gordy himself that was the biggest impediment. Mr. Hockey's prairie style modesty was so strong throughout his life that he really didn't want to make any conversation about him. He wanted to make it about you, about other people. Uh, so even in a place like his book, his autobiography, you have to search for instances that show just how uh, unordinary and extraordinary Gordy was. Luckily for us, his youngest son, Murray Howe, decided to write about just how great his father was in a book that he published soon after Gordy's passing in 2017. In Nine Lessons I Learned from My Father, Dr. Murray Howe gives you a look into just how great his dad was by telling you all the stories that Gordy's modesty would not allow him to tell while he was alive. To me, it was the perfect supplement to Gordy's autobiography, and it really drove home how great Mr. Hockey was. So I'm excited to talk about this book, and I guess there's nothing else left to do other than to kick this tilt off with the warm-up right after this. Gordy Howe is the greatest of them all The greatest of them all, yes, the greatest of them all You can have your choice of all the rest If you're a Howe fan, you've got the very best From floral Saskatchewan, his story all began It didn't take him long to be known throughout the land all-star right winger of the NHL today Hockey fans from everywhere just love to see how play For those of you who may be fans of the show, and I know there's not many of you, but if you've listened to the show before, and especially if you've gone over episode number one, which was uh, our look at Mr. Hockey with Gordy's autobiography, uh, you recognize that song because we played it before um, on the first episode. And that was uh, Big Bill and the Dollar Bills. Gordy Howe is the greatest of them all. I mean, how many people out there have a song that's named after him, much less proclaiming him the greatest of them all? Um, the song's really about Gordy being a great hockey player, but I think that's going to be the cool part about uh, this week is we're not just going to talk about Gordy Howe, the hockey player. I mean, actually, we're really only going to talk about that just a little bit. It's going to be more about Gordy Howe, the man. Uh, and it's really cool because Murray, in his book about his dad, really describes it, Gordy's reaction when he when you hear that song. He just sort of have a half, you know, kind of boyish grin as if someone is just a little too modest to have a song proclaiming him the greatest of them all, but still being very tickled to hear it. Uh, but I think what's even cooler is Murray describes, and uh, as he does in this book, and as the How Kids did in the. Uh, autobiography in the uh, afterward that you know that song really does explain how great they thought their father was he really was the greatest of them all in so many ways so really cool song um, and Murray describes in the book trying to grow up to be every bit as good a hockey player as his dad was uh, but at the time uh, you know Murray as time went on Murray started to realize that he actually just really wanted to try and be the great man that his dad was it, there was so much more to the man than just being a hockey player. Uh, he was a really good person. Muzz, as Gordy called Murray, would realize, though, watching his dad live was the, really the best lessons of all that he had to, that Gordy had to offer. Uh, they weren't really, you know, scoring a goal or checking an appointment. It was how he lived, how he treated people, and, and what he could give back to the world, what he showed his uh, peop the people around him, especially his family, what they could do. The book itself is written around Murray's experience of having to write the eulogy of Gordy just after his passing. 
he explains that the process it took to took him to write the eulogy and the journey it took him on and the inspiration it gave him to write the actual book to me it made it all the more better because while there were great stories of Gordy's heroics on the ice in his prime there were even more stories about the great things he did off the ice and a lot of the stories take place around Gordy in his post-playing years and in his final days the lessons he learned and shared from those times give such an insight into the man of who uh, Mr. Hockey actually was. But as the book goes on, Muzz breaks things out into nine lessons, which are, number one, live honorably. Number two, live generously. Number three, play hard, but have fun. Number four, patience, patience, patience. Number five, live selflessly. Number six, be humble. Number seven, be tough. Number eight, stay positive. And number nine, Friends and family are like gold. Treasure them. We're going to weave all these into the conversation, so remember them. I'm going to reference them quite a bit. And it would uh, Normally, I don't give you a lot of homework while you listen to the show, but make sure that you, you write those down or you at least keep them in your nugget while you're listening because uh, we're going to reference those back because that's going to really what, this, what the discussion is going to center around is those nine lessons, as the book does. As Murray explains, all these lessons he offers are great – explains all as he explains all these <laughs> lessons he offers great anecdotes to give you an insight into Gordy's life and how he affected others so positively and in a step further it can be said that if you read this book you'll get a great look at the Howe family as a whole it might be cheesy to say but I smiled so many times while reading this book and while I was picturing the different stories of Gordy in, in the Howe clan it's simply just an inspiration to see how great a husband and a how great a father Gordy was and that you just can't help but be touched when you when you read the words for sure looking at where to take this conversation though and how to fit it into the construct of the show I think I'll focus on three main main parts of the book and use Murray's nine lessons to sort of lead those discussion of three main points so in the first period I think we'll start off with one of the more uh, you know very uh, visual aspects of Gordy that up front that everybody thinks of and how the nine lessons fall into Gordy as a player and how he was great not only by his ability and the results that it brought but by the way he used his ability to bring those results so get ready lace them up as the first period is going to happen right after this personally and professionally Gordy Howe was on top of his game as he reigned as league scoring champion for four consecutive seasons Gordy almost looked like maybe he might be falling asleep out of the ice. That's how relaxed he was, you know. And he had a great gift that he could, uh, if there was a stoppage of play, he could kneel down on the ice and recover very quickly. You know, he had that gift. He could be on the ice so long. Uh, the stamina, the strength, this natural ability, um, to me, uh, made him uh, uh, the uh, players. Uh, that uh, he was and I've always had too the feeling that he enjoyed playing the game so much so if you put all those great ingredients together uh, that uh, what make uh, a, a superstar like he is He's in a class by himself so that was some uh, anecdotal uh, stories about how great Gordy was from some of the people that played with him the first voice that you hear there is the one you really want to clue into and that's Ted Lindsay who is uh, part of the production line with them for so many years in Detroit um, and just really speaks about how Gordy was so effortless on the ice 
uh, and how you know he just loved to play and was ready to play. And it really is driven by some of these uh, nine lessons that we're going to talk about. And in the book, Murray describes a lot of how those nine lessons go into Gordy as a player. But once again, it's not really the focus. But there's enough stories in there that's worth talking about. So that's where we're going to take it here in the first period. So the legend of Mr. Hockey and his superhuman feats on the ranks of the NHL and the WHA are among the best ever to be recorded in hockey history. Gordy's mix of pure skill skill and toughness was, still is, and will probably never be matched ever in the future. He was the perfect hockey player, really. So many people talk about the beating they took from the tough-as-nails kid from Saskatoon, and it's... uh, kind of crazy to read all these things about uh, him in the book that are just so nice and so uh, speak to the man's uh, gentility really um, so but that was the juxtaposition and that's who Gordy Howe is and we're going to get a lot more into that too. Still when you hear about those beatings have you ever heard about Gordy Howe being dirty or not having a purpose to the punishment he dealt out? I've read quite a bit on hockey and on Gordy over the years and I can tell you I've never heard anyone speak of how as a dirty player or someone who used violence in a malicious way. Why was this? Gordy had a code. He lived honorably as Muzz described. He lived by what uh, he would call lesson number one. Murray explains that his dad would say, quote, a healthy body check will be remembered, unquote. Uh, but he never did really do it unfairly. It was to make sure that he gave his team the best chance to win while also making sure he stuck up for his teammates. He'd never hit a player with his head down without giving him a warning to look up. And if he injured someone with a hit, he'd make sure to check on them personally and apologize if necessary. Add to that, he never started a fight. He just ended them. And he did it to stick up for others, mostly. Add to that the co- that code as well as that Gordy wasn't really a showboat. If he scored a goal, it was always just a simple raise of his stick and then made sure to celebrate and congratulate the teammates that helped make it possible because Gordy saw all goals as team efforts. He just wanted to play not only because he loved hockey, but because he loved his teammates and considered them friends and treated them, as Murray would put, like gold. He wanted them to look good, and it wasn't necessarily about him looking good. His selflessness as a player was also something of legend. Murray says that his dad always signed autographs for anyone who wanted them. He recalled that after every home game, Gordy would spend at least an hour to two hours making sure that all autograph seekers got his autograph, even if his family was waiting for him. He'd he'd make sure to try and make everyone feel special by the simple gestures he could and maybe inspire them to do a little bit better as well, just through his example. Uh, there's plenty of times you listen to interviews and people say uh, when they spoke to Gordy Howe that they felt like he was completely interested in who they were and where they were and what their story was, that they were the only person in the room. And that's really important. It's quite the cool story to hear. This isn't uh, in the book, uh, but another good example of Gordy's influence that I've read over the years of uh, inspiring a youngster was a story I heard from Jeremy Roenick at his uh, retirement press conference. He tells the story of when he was a kid in Hartford. He went to a game and was showered with uh, snow from the ice by Gordy. And thinking about how great it was and how much he wanted to be like Gordy. And not just a great player, but inspire kids as well. Say what you will about JR's antics of late, but to me this story is just a simple way to show you that Gordy understood 
then the living selflessly could propagate and make us all a little bit better and maybe inspire some kids to do some really cool things. But if you're talking about Gordy the player, you can't forget lesson number seven, be tough. If you think about a tough hockey player, you think about Mr. Hockey. I can't tell you the amount of stories where opponents describe how tough a competitor Gordy was. As we described earlier, his toughness came with his code of honor, but he was still able to show that he was not one to back down. His toughness was probably curbed, had probably curbed more violence than it actually started. It can also be said that you never saw Gordy Howe sit out because of an injury, or at least very often. Murray describes the multitude of injuries his dad suffered over and, and the long-term effects that he had from them, but still played through them. His wrists had been slashed so many times that x-rays of them were just a mess uh, that uh, Muzz describes looking at after his dad uh, was well done with his playing days and explains how later in life he didn't really under let those injuries slow him down or get to him too much. Even though he was under tremendous amount of pain, he really didn't show it. Uh, still, during his playing days, he wanted to be tough and to show his teammates that he was willing to lay it on the line, and that in turn inspired many of them to do the same for him. Perhaps the toughest example of Gordy Howe, the player, is that the young Howe used hockey as a refuge. He learned the toughness that he needed to was there uh, to overcome the fact that he just wasn't a very good student in school and was kind of made fun of for it. Um, so what he did is he took that those feelings and, and took them out on the ice. He was just real tough. He got it out there. Um, and he used hockey as his uh, refuge to get his frustrations out. And in the end, he ended up going much further because of that toughness and applying it in the right way. So, But finally, looking through the nine lessons in Gordy Howe as a player, you can't miss the fact that he was humble to the end. You never had heard of Gordy Howe being boastful or brag or be prideful. He was the best in the game for years, but when you heard him speak, he simply talked about his team and hockey and keeping the conversation away from himself. He saw the team as the most important part, and he did what he could to keep the discussion about the team. With all that being said, though, the concentration of Murray's book, like we've talked about already, wasn't necessarily that his dad uh, was a great player. It was actually only a little piece of the overall tapestry of the book and his homage to his dad. So with that in mind and an eye on moving on the conversation forward, we'll take a look at just how the nine lessons applied to Gordy and his life off the ice with respect to those who were not in his family. We're going to get to that uh, a little bit later uh, in the third period, specifically how the uh, nine lessons applied to his family. But at any rate, we're going to talk about the greatness of Mr. Hockey off the ice coming up in the second period right after this. Walter Gretzky, when you heard the news of Gordy Howe's passing today, what, what went through your mind? Just shocking. Mm -hmm. Started to cry. Mm -hmm. Can't believe it. He's such a wonderful friend. And what was he like as a friend? True, true friend. He wasn't your friend to see what he could get out of you. He was just your friend because he, he, he loved people. A wonderful person. Walter, I've got to ask you about growing up, Wayne Gretzky growing up idolizing Gordie Howe. And one of the most famous pictures we ever see is the first time he met him. He yep. was 10 years old. Can you just describe what it was like talking to Wayne after he had just met his idol? Well, Wayne couldn't believe it, even at that age. And we have a photo of Gordie with uh, 
his sticker on Wayne's neck when he's 10 years old. It's a very, very famous photo. And of course, since Wayne was a little six-year-old boy, he wanted to be Gordy Howe. No, Gordy was Wayne's inspiration to his whole career. And then, Walter, we fast forward to a point where Wayne is breaking many of Gordy Howe's records. And I think one thing a lot of people admired about Gordy Howe was he, he didn't get angry when people broke his records. He was there to go along with them. Uh, the most points in the NHL, I remember Gordy Howe being on the ice. He followed Wayne around. I mean, does yeah. that just speak to how what kind of man he was? It tells you exactly what kind of person he was, a wonderful, caring person for everybody, not just himself, yeah. And that was true about him going on the ice when his records were going to be broken. And he congratulated Wayne each time. And, Walter, what do you think it was about Gordie Howe, that Wayne, that your son admired so much? He, it was the fact that he was just so good, just so good at everything he did on the ice. And that just fascinated Wayne from the time he was a little six-year-old boy. Well, you know, Walter, many people and pretty much anyone who follows hockey thinks of Wayne Gretzky and they think number 99 on his back. But growing up, he didn't wear number 99 on his back, did he? He wore number 9 for Gordie Howe, and that had to change when he went to Sault Ste. Marie. But I, I think he would have loved to have worn number 9 for his entire career. Oh, absolutely, that's true. But he couldn't because when he got to junior, as you said, at Sault Ste. Marie, a man by the name of Brian Glossy already had number 9 and. Of course, you can't take it from a player from the previous year at number nine. So, as the coach, Muzz McPherson, suggested he put two nines on his back, and that's how it came about. How do you think, how Walter? How do you think you're going to best remember Gordy Howe and or, or Wayne? How do you think you'll both best remember him? That he was just a caring, wonderful person, and a fantastic hockey player. And the mostly that he cared for everybody. He was nice to everyone, not just certain people. Everybody. If I was the biggest beggar in the world and you were the king of the world, he'd be as nice to me as he would be to you. And that tells me what he was like. Well, he didn't pick and choose. Everybody was equal to him. So that was the voice of a, another great hockey personality and figure talking about just how great Gordy was, uh, and that was Walter Gretzky, that's Wayne's dad, who just passed recently as well. Um, but what he was talking about was just how great Gordy was uh, at the time of his passing and just kind of how uh, inspiring he was and how much he took, uh, took the time just to invest in people. And even, uh, as we heard anecdotally in his son, who ended up being uh, just as great as Gordy in so many ways, in so many ways. So a uh, very cool perspective right there. And that's really what we're going to talk about is uh, now is just uh, how great Gordy was to all those people who were outside his team, outside his family, just all the strangers out there. Because I think that's really telling about the man for sure. It's often been said that being a great athlete doesn't always make you a great person. In many cases, you hear about someone who meets their sports hero and they weren't exactly the person that they thought they were. It's kind of like the whole Charles Barkley, I'm not a role model thing. But thinking about that, I can definitely say Mr. Hockey knew he was a role model and always made sure to treat everyone with respect and kindness uh, as he knew that being that role model, he could affect so much and change so many things for the better. To me, this part of Gordy really began with his upbringing in Depression Area Saskatoon. 
Murray would agree and goes through a lot of lengths to show that because Gordy came from that era, he knew how important it was to help your fellow man and to be thankful for all that you have been given. Standing up for what's right, basically. That's where he learned it. To me, his childhood in this era was... Uh, in that in this era and that place was what shaped the nine lessons what made Gordy Howe Gordy Howe really uh, Murray tells a great story in the book that drives us home he explains that when Gordy was in elementary school that he got into a fight at school sticking up for another student that was being picked on by an older kid at school uh, and this was after school Gordy pummeled the other kid and got sent to the principal's office making him late to meet his dad after school to do some work that they agreed to do the principal suspended the boy who started the fight and told Gordy, quote, Gordon, do not tell anyone I said this, but I am very proud of you for standing up for the other boy, and I'm really glad that you clobbered that bully. He had it coming, end quote. When Gordy finally made it home, he expected to get a whooping from his father, Ab, but all Gordy's dad said after hearing the story was, boy." That's pretty cool right there. It just shows you even uh, young Gordy Howe was the sticking up for the little guy. And that sounds a lot like what he did throughout his career. I love that story for so many reasons, but perhaps the most is that it shows you Gordy was about standing up to bullies and helping everyone out. He came from a place that was uh, that it was celebrated and shaped how his role uh, in how he could use his powers in life, really. Uh, so, and that's why he always spoke so fondly about his uh, his hometown and his upbringing. He was a generous person, uh, too, living uh, very selflessly. As Murray tells the story of how his dad got his first pair of skates, it was in a bag of things, and his mom brought down uh, on, you know, bought from a fellow uh, Saskatoonian whose mother who was down on her luck during those depression times. Uh, and it was that same generosity that, you know, he basically kind of took with him later on, understanding that you help people who were down on their luck. Um, and one example I always thought that really brought that home, and I was just like, wow, when I read it, was uh, doing selfless things like giving his gold Red Wings wristwatch to an attendant at the Olympia uh, whose watch had just simply broken. I mean, Gordy Howe said, oh, your watch is broken? Well, here, have mine. Uh, and his dad said he didn't even think twice about it and wouldn't take it back. Kind of cool. Looking at uh, the being humble aspect of Gordy, though, too, and his, Gordy and his life were just really all about that, and he was humble to the last minute. Gordy describes that he all, Murray describes that he always gave people the proper respect that they deserved. He describes that Gordy, even at the age of 88, and having a hard time standing, would stand up any time a woman walked, entered the room. He knew who he wanted to be, and he wanted to be humble enough to show the respect to others at all times. Finally, for me, Gordy's ability to stay positive, like lesson number eight, was what helped him live as long as he did. Murray describes that it looked like at one point later in Gordy's life after suffering a stroke that he might actually pass at any day. But it was the persistence and positive strides that Gordy made every day through that saga that got him out of those after effects and really helped to extend his life a little bit longer. He never gave up. He just kept at it. Even when he finally passed, it was in a positive it was with a positive attitude, and that helped make his days as fruitful final days as fruitful as possible, even though he really couldn't talk or get out of bed. Murray describes that be, of being so inspired by that example and the rest of the family also being inspired by that great example 
And it's that thread I want to kind of pull on a little bit more in order to close this one out and talk about the effect of Gordy on his family. Show the lessons that translated him into being such a great husband and father, as you'll see. We'll get into that in the final period as the third frame is up next. Lessons I learned from my father is a son's intimate account of all that lies behind the towering legacy of the beloved Gordie Howe. Murray Howe joins us this morning to give us a glimpse rather at the man behind the legend and what we can learn from his incredible life. And man, was it ever you do such a beautiful job in this tribute. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. You know, just I loved my father and uh, I mean, I idolized him. And when he passed away, I had such a huge hole in my heart and I wanted to do something really to honor him and and keep his legacy going and what he stood for. And so I woke up on Father's Day and said, what can I give to him? I said, why don't I put down everything that that he stood for and share it with the world? And what's been amazing in this process is that it turns out that everybody is now sharing my father uh, with you know, with me all their stories and I feel like he's living on through that isn't that amazing yeah. so it started in writing his eulogy and you said there's so many stories I need to yeah. tell here yeah and man what pressure it is to put that in a book and you do it beautifully for your dad you. and your mom so let's talk about the fact that you said he would be a hero to you no matter what even though yeah. he's considered the world's greatest hockey player right. off the ice you right. were just as inspired if not more so by the man that yeah. he was and the father that he was yeah so talk to us yeah. about that. Yeah, he was just he was he was such a, a unique person. He was the most patient person ever. I never saw him uh, raise his voice in his entire life. I don't know any human being who's who who can, who can say that. He just was so calm, so uh, full of of joy of life, and he it was almost like he had a freeze frame uh, switch on time. He, for him, he never rushed anywhere. Um, if he was doing an event, he would always get there way early and help set up the event, you know, with people and just see how he could be helpful. Um, and he just, if he met you, he would make sure you were the only person on the planet at that moment and he would make it a wow moment for you that you would that you would never forget so it was just a phenomenal you know uh, example for all of us to, to to follow to just never lose sight of really what's right in front of you and that he was a humanitarian first whether it be mm -hmm. small things like carrying yeah. somebody's groceries or shoveling the driveway yeah. he was that guy to yeah. do that in big ways and small and you yeah. say his mom played a huge part in who he was she did my my grandma was amazing and when you look at Gordy how the the man the humanitarian um, he really was he really was a was a, a carbon copy of my, of my grandmother that way uh, she just was completely uh, dedicated her life to everybody around her especially her children uh, just working with very you know very little resources and uh, so my father knew that he was so loved and he saw the example that that uh, that she gave in terms of giving of herself to everybody and uh, he and the and the felt that love that uh, she she gave to him mm -hmm. and he spent the rest of his life trying to pay it forward for everything that she gave to him this is truly an ode to your father and to mm -hmm. all fathers and sons and family bonds and what they should yeah. be like and just being on the planet with one another and being good to one another and that's how yeah. we should all live in it it's a, yeah. it's an inspiration yeah. thank you so much thank so that was an excerpt from an interview that Murray gave uh, just right after he wrote the book uh, and I Feel that that is a great way to lead off this period because um, I want you to clue in see what he said really about his dad uh, and his patience and being such a great father um, that example of not really raising his voice oh wow I'm going to tell you a few times in this period man I wish I could be that way too it takes quite the patience uh, and quite the man to actually 
execute that and not lose your cool. Uh, and for a son to look back at your father and say that, uh, boy, I, I really hope I can do that. So I'm just going to leave that off. As a father and a husband, I'm constantly thinking of how I can do things much better. There are just some people that uh, being a father and a husband is second nature to them, and they're excellent at it. Listening to Murray talk about Mr. Hockey, he was one of those people who their kids thought was great. He was great, and he did just almost everything right as a family man, it seems like. It's like lesson number nine says, friends and family are like gold. Treasure them. It speaks volumes to me that Murray says his father never raised his voice, not once. He explains in the book that, quote, One reason my childhood was so nurturing was that I never had to worry that my dad would be upset about anything. Once when I was about seven, I dumped over a huge glass of chocolate milk at the dinner table. For some reason, mom wasn't at home, which, because most moms I knew tended to freak out over spilled milk. But dad just laughed and said, Hmm, looks like you've got some work to do. And he helped me clean it up. Wow, I don't know a whole lot of parents out there uh, that would be that calm. I, But I certainly, you know, have taken that kind of incident. I, I really haven't taken that incident in stride like Gordy has, but I really wish I did. I really think it's that calm that made his kids so great. Heck, Murray says that Mr. Hockey wouldn't even yell across the house. He'd just sneak up you sneak up on you and talk in a perfectly calm voice about what he needed. Once again, wow, I really wish I could do that. There's just no shortage of these kind of awesome moments that Murray explains how his dad's patience and kindness extended to his kids. He also explains that while Mr. Hockey could have been absent from many hockey and other sporting events that the kids had over the years, he was almost always there, driving them to and from the rink when he could. He's also sure that he also sure didn't did know the uh, game of hockey, uh, as we know, but you'd never catch him yelling at the coach or coming around the locker room to intimidate or influence that coach. He stayed out of it because he knew that's what his role was and that was, was the right thing to do. But I'd also be remiss here if I didn't mention how many times Murray explains to the reader how dedicated his uh, father was to his mother, Colleen. He explains that Gordy never yelled or really argued with Colleen in front of him and his siblings. As a matter of fact, he never heard a bad word uttered about his mother from Gordy. He recalls a story one time where Gordy and Murray left the house and got in the car after Colleen had been fussing at Gordy. In the car, Murray said something to the effect of that his mom was being unreasonable, and Gordy quickly scolded Murray not to talk about his mother like that. He also trusted Colleen to be his agent and the kid's agent when they were playing. She was the second part of the tandem that became really the Mr. Hockey, and he always was open to her and let her flourish in the role over the running the household. It takes a good husband to put that kind of trust in your wife. Kind of cool to see. Murray postulates that this dedication and kindness towards his family especially came straight from Gordy's mom, Catherine. It was said that the matriarch of the Howe family was the one uh, kind one who helped all nine of her children learn the importance of helping others and that they could make a difference in the lives of people if they just simply tried. It's also mentioned by Murray just how much Gordy loved his mom and how much he constantly credited her with teaching him so much. But the biggest reason I think 
number nine was uh, lesson number nine was so much a part of Gordy's life was that he loved his family and he showed them by applying all the other eight lessons uh, to his life and interactions with them. To me, it's simple. Gordy loved his wife and kids more than hockey and more than anything in the world. The way he treated them was the way was his way of showing them. He was one of the best athletes of the era and, well, one of the best athletes in history. But what he is most admired for by his family is being their dad and husband. He could have easily have went the other way. But because he didn't even think about letting his family down or treating them with anything less than the best, uh, he just ended up making them know that they were the best thing in his life. Murray explains it best when he explains the title of lesson number nine. Uh, he's basically, Gordy treasured his family more than anything else in the world, just as lesson number nine explains. I think that's the right note to end this period on. So let's get to the post-game wrap and get this tilt over with right after this. Mark Howe's father also happened to be one of the nicest men off the ice. During his summer promotional trips across Canada for Eaton's, Gordy would sign hundreds of cards in his hotel room every night so the next day he could spend a few extra seconds talking with folks rather than looking down and writing his name. Howe had a sixth sense, on the ice and in front of a camera. As the shutter clicked, Gordy would extend a faux menacing elbow or stick at his surprised victim. The kids were delighted. You can tell by the smile on that well-dressed lad, name of Gretzky. I first met Howe in November 1979, when he was 51, and back in the NHL with Hartford. I was supposed to fly with the Whalers to Philadelphia for a game the next night, but I was bumped from an oversold Pilgrim Airlines flight back in those days of commercial travel. Gordy noticed there was another flight to Philly in two and a half hours, so he decided he would take that one so we could sit in the airport and chat. That was Gordy. He always left an impression, whether with his kindness or his elbows. He played his first game when Mackenzie King was Prime Minister, and his last when Pierre Trudeau was in his second go-round as PM. Howe would break rival Maurice Richard's record for career NHL goals. He would go on to score 1,071 professional goals, regular season and playoffs, a total surpassed only by Wayne Gretzky, by a single goal. In a sport where nicknames make great players seem somehow smaller, trots and boss and mess and cough and, yes, Gretz, Howe's nickname made him only seem larger, larger than life. Mr. Hockey. Right there, that was a segment that TSN did just sort of right after Gordy's passing. Uh, and I like it because it really wraps things up real well. It covers him as a player and him as a man. And that's really what this book was all about. Uh, and you, it's pretty obvious from the beginning. But looking at the post game, I can't say enough how much I love this book. Like I said in the opening, I just kept finding myself grinning at so many points during this book. It's an inspiration to read about a man like Gordy. You've always heard that he was such a great guy, but it was awesome to read that he actually was a great guy. I mean, he was just the best. It's so cool. 
The nickname of Mr. Hockey really says it all, too. He's the embodiment of the sport. Elegant, governed by a code, and tough as nails for a purpose. It always struck me that after his death, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau explained that Gordy's death was not just a loss for the national sport of Canada, but for the nation as a whole. He explained that Gordy and his life represented the best of what Canada had to offer. Not, not too shabby, huh? Still, though, when you ask Dr. Murray Howe what his dad meant to him and his family, he'll explain simply that his dad was a great dad. He was, he was, he was a perfect dad. Till now, I really thought that there was such a thing. There really wasn't such a thing, until I read this book. I'm so glad Murray wrote this book to inspire us, inspire us all, to add to the lore of his dad, and to really give us another myriad of reasons to love his dad. So head out and get this book now, especially if you read Gordy's other book, uh, his autobiography. That's the perfect complement to it. Also, it's a book that will make you smile. And it will go quickly, which is always a good thing. I'd even say that you should recommend this one to anyone, even if they aren't a hockey fan. There's just so many things they can learn from it. It's an inspiring book anyone can uh, learn to live better from and be inspired to do better. Uh, to simply say that this is a book about hockey, is uh, that's, that, uh, that's only selling it really short. You've you got to realize that this is a book to uh, inspire you to live a better life. And if you're a hockey fan, well, you get to learn a little bit more about Gordie Howe and get some pretty cool hockey stories uh, woven in there. But uh, really, uh, like I said, this is an important book, and you go out and get it. Like I said, it's not a terrible read. It's pretty quick. And like I said, you'll walk away with a lot of smiles, and that's, uh, that's something pretty special. All righty then. I guess that really wraps it up for this week. Um, thanks again for tuning in, as always. It's massively appreciated. I can't say that enough. Uh, if you're a first-time listener, I appreciate you stopping by. If you are a repeat listener, once again, thank you so much for tuning in. Also, if you like what you've heard, please take a moment and give the show a rating and a subscribe on your favorite place for podcasts. It's uh, really helpful. And if you really want some awesome facts about the featured topic book of the week, uh, follow us on Twitter, Instagram, or Facebook. I promise, once again, uh, if you follow us on social media, I'll make it worth your while with a little bit of tidbits and some great pictures for sure oh and if that's not enough and you can email any comments or questions to us uh, that you might have for the show at from the point podcast 16 at gmail.com just go ahead and fire off whatever you need uh, and we'll take it under advisement of course uh, try to be nice please that's uh, always a disclaimer but uh, looking ahead as we always do to next week's episode we're going to examine a book that I felt was a really powerful story uh, with a powerful lesson written by a real hockey great. Um, so next week, uh, please give us a tune in as we go over Game Change, The Life and Death of Steve Monador by Ken Dryden. Uh, very good book, and I'm really looking forward to it. So uh, hopefully you'll come on back next week. So till then, thanks again for tuning in to From the Point, and as always, stay classy, hockey fans. <laughs>